Uh, I was dyslexic, so I had a lot of trouble learning to read and write. And so luckily that was discovered in first grade, very young. And so I went through years of remedial reading courses and special tutors. And by the time I got to high school, I was you know, back up to grade level and uh, ended up doing quite well. But nevertheless, um, for me, my parents got me interested in comic books because I was happy to read that. And that led to an interest in, in video games and computers. And so I was um, a different kind of learner. Uh, I did like books, but nevertheless, it became kind of, it, it is kind of ironic that I ended up spending a lot of my career in bookmaking. Every business, whether or not they realize it, is an idea business. The people at Gray have a long history of creating famously effective ideas. And so, with Gray Matter, we explore the ideas shaping our world. We ask creative minds from all corners of life how they came up with their best ideas. And that's what matters for Gray Matter. Hi, everyone. I'm John Petrolis, Worldwide Chief Creative Officer at Gray. And this week's idea is about stories and how we need to tell them in new ways. For this episode, we have Gray strategy expert Holly Williams interviewing Charlie Melcher, founder and director of The Future of Storytelling, or as you'll hear it referred to, FOST. FOST is a community of people from the worlds of media, technology, and communications united by Charlie's idea to explore and share how storytelling is evolving in the digital age. FOST is most well known for producing the annual invitation-only FOST Summit, as well as exhibitions and annual series of short films, tech tastings, and workshops. It's an idea he really fought for, and a story in and of itself. When Charlie first decided to launch the FOSS Summit, it wasn't a seamless task. There were points that Charlie referred to as facing the abyss, but he and his team decided to go for it, and he couldn't be happier they did. Today, Charlie is gonna share what he's learned throughout his journey, including how new tech can help people connect with and understand stories in an emotional way, and how you can succeed when you double down on your strengths while being open to creativity and innovation every day. This is Charlie Melcher. So the future of storytelling is a year-round community that explores how storytelling and communications are evolving in the digital age. Really, the future of storytelling is, is a opportunity for my team and I to go out there and find the future and aggregate it and bring it back to share with a bunch of like-minded, excited people um, who want to help uh, invent it. Uh, so I love that quote that says, um, the future is already here, it's just unevenly distributed. And I really think that's, that's what we do at FOST, is we, we go out and find it and bring it to one place so that it's all there. And then we find the most amazing people who are inventing it and uh, creating with it, and we get them together. And we've, we've learned certain things over the years about... Um, or have certain ideas about what the 21st century storyteller, who he, he or she is, what they do, and uh, sort of where storytelling is heading. And so we try to curate those ideas into the event. Can you take me through some of the, the big kind of aha moments or memories that you have from that point of 2009 to going back to your publishing team and saying we're no longer in publishing? Like what happened on that journey sort of specifically that helped inform the idea that you were incubating. Having had the experience of making something that was a digital product and realizing that we, we had a role to play in this new media, I think that's the mistake that a lot of my colleagues and people in other, let's call it traditional media, fear about 
the digital age. It's, oh, I'm not a programmer, I'm not a coder, I'm not tech savvy, so there's no place for me. And what made you see that you did have a place? Well, I just had gone through it. I just went through this process of working with these two young guys, a, a UX designer and a coder, and myself and, and one of my editors. And together, we made something where two plus two is greater than four. We had things to teach them. They had things to teach us. One of the lessons for me was how to be open to learning from two 23-year-olds. I ran my own business. I had a, I had a group of people who were all a lot older than that, and yet these guys were brilliant and talented, and I recognized that. And even though it was very difficult uh, and, and, frankly, you know, hard to navigate all of that, by sticking through it and us working together, we both learned from each other. And, and it made it very clear to me that to do something extraordinary, it couldn't be just about the tech. It had to be about the power of the content and the storytelling married in an organic way or in an or in a, in a amplifying way with the technology. Um, so, so this app that we created used the sensors in the, in the phone or the tablet to let you interact with the content in a way that was original. The, the most famous was the uh, illustration we had of a windmill, a battery, and a house. And the windmill st is not moving, the battery is empty, and the house lights are off. Mm -hmm. If you held the, f the phone up and you blew into the windmill, <sighs> it started to spin the battery charged up and the lights went on in the house. Right. When you stopped blowing, the windmill slowed down, the battery drew down, and the lights would go off. So there we were letting you physically experience the role of intermittency in, in uh, power, your green power. And so, of course, we were just using the microphone, but for most people it looked like magic, and they loved it. And Steve Jobs and other people at Apple thought this is really creative. And there were a bunch of other things where we use a touch screen and let you. So, so what I'm saying is it was about that marriage of form and content or using the technology in a way that created really unique experiences that were powerful, memorable and emotional for, for the user. So anyway, that just helped me understand that there was a role for us that after 15 years of making beautiful, well-researched, um, really crafted books, that that knowledge was not really about paper and ink and binding. It was about how to tell a story and, cr and create content that would resonate with an audience. Mm -hmm. And that those skills were transferable to any medium we were working in. And since then, at Melcher Media, we've done uh, you know, hugely successful viral videos. We've done VR and AR and... Um, uh, we did a feature-length documentary. I mean, we, we, we kind of consider ourselves truly able to work in any medium now, which I think is one of the lessons of the 21st century. I think what the fact that we're all on a digital playing field of zeros and ones means that we can all play with any of these tools now. Uh, very different than when I was growing up and you sort of had to specialize. You had to like go to film school to make a film or intern at a newspaper out in Podunk to get the right to do an article for a big paper. Obviously now everyone can do all those things just with their phone in their pocket. So uh, we understand that and I think that's one of the things we try to program Faust around. Right, yeah, I'm in a different world, isn't it? So. When you talk about the future of storytelling and when you look at the different parts of it, it's so much bigger than an event. Mm -hmm. It is. Um, how did that sort of formalise and take shape? Um, well, the first thing was that we, we wanted to pull off the first event, and that was a, a one-day event for 300 people. Um, after that, one of the things we thought about was how do we keep this community together? 
Uh, these are amazing people. One of the things that it, we get consistently as feedback from people who attend FOST is uh, the, the community is extraordinary. It's like the best thing I've ever been to. One of, my, one of my favorite quotes that just came from this year's summit from a guest was, it's summer camp I never want to have end. I love um, that. So, so how do you keep that community together? Because this is a once a year event. So uh, some of the activities we do throughout the year are really about that. They're about focusing on community. Um, some of them are responding to where we have our community. So sometimes we're doing pop-ups at other events where the same people are coming. Um, and then we're always trying to explore new models. I mean, I think the, the beauty of FOST is that it, it isn't fixed in stone. It's kind of a feedback loop. It's being invented all the time by the community. Now we have people sharing with us all the time things that they're working on or things that they've seen or a speaker they think is, is fabulous. And so we're constantly listening and then trying to figure out how do we reflect that back to the larger community. Um, so, for example, one of the things that, that's really of interest to our group right now is um, out-of-home entertainment, location-based entertainment. And so we just did a pop-up for two months in part to explore that. What would it look like to have some of these amazing pieces set up and have people be able to ticket and come for two hours and do the experience? And uh, what were the, well, would the pricing work? Would people be interested in that? So like some of these things are, are trying our own trying to um, play with or experiment with some of the larger issues that we see. And they, they're constantly changing. I mean, obviously, Changes the constant. Yeah, when you're when you're actively seeking inspiration, where, like what are your go-to things that you turn to? So we're taking thirty people to Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival. Amazing. Fringe Festival will be a place of great inspiration. Uh, so one of my answers is to get out into the world and go see incredible things. Uh, I never know where I'm going to find a great idea or something that the community needs to know about. So in terms of um bringing the idea to life and how quickly or slowly it sort of came together and formed. Um, I mean, like the, the process of developing the app, um, did it kind of crystallise to you one day or was it a slow sort of realisation that this was where the world was heading and this was what our opportunity was? Like how did it, how, how long or quick did it feel in your mind? It was a long period to go from, hey, let's do a Future of Storytelling Summit to hey, this is what that should be. That was a year and a half process wow. uh, of iterating, thinking, brainstorming, uh, looking at other things, eliminating ideas, dead ends, <laughs> new starts, um, and really sort of figuring out ultimately the story of that event, which I had to get down before I could get anyone else to sort of buy in and support us. Uh, and so, and that to me meant coming up with something that was original and creative in a space that's very overpopulated and, and there isn't a ton of originality in the conference or summit world. Uh, I feel like so much of them are sort of some version of Ted, uh, which is great. Ted's great. And they do a beautiful job. Anyway, it took a long time to have that come through. And, and one of my stories that I love is I remember being, uh, away in London. We were only a few months out. We were about to send out the initial invites and my the producer I had hired to help actually produce the event quit. And I couldn't sleep that night. Panic. Panic. Just pure, like, up 
bolt up in bed <laughs> thinking, <laughs> I can't do this. Like, we have to call it off. We'd already postponed it once. We have to call it off. If I send out the invites, I'm going to be humiliated. It's we, we haven't raised the money. I can't go public with this now. And But yet I've asked so many people to sort of help me for so many months now. How can I not do it? And I literally sat there and kind of calculated my losses, like the, the pros and cons. <laughs> and my wife was wonderful and sort of supported me in that early morning uh, weighing of the of the of the scales and and I just said screw it we're gonna go for it and there were so many things not solved so many things not in place the money wasn't in place the we didn't have sponsors we didn't have a producer we were facing really the abyss <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get through it the abyss is an incredible motivator <laughs> <laughs> And we just we just took the risk and worked around the clock, and eventually we got a sponsor and some other people to believe in us, and we sent out those tickets, and people started to sign up, and we went for it. And I remember after we pulled that first day off, it nearly killed us, and we were so happy and so glad that we had taken that risk. Yeah, wow. And then, okay, so then, so that's, that's the sort of inaugural event that kicked everything off for you. When you look at what FOST is today, it's grown and blossomed so much since then. Are there key moments that were sort of pivotal in some of the spurts of growth that the idea has had that you could talk us through? Yeah. So one great moment was uh, we were making these videos with our speakers and we would do that before the event. And there were sort of trailers to the talks. Um, and, and it's a little bit inspired by the Khan Academy, that idea of... of creating videos to teach the classes that people could, kids could watch at home. And then when you went into the class, you did the actual homework. You did the work in the class with the teacher. And so FOST is a little bit like that. We've, we swapped the model. You can watch some of the talks at home beforehand and then come in and dig in to the high level ideas with the speakers. Um, anyway, we were making these videos and sharing them with our audience. And then we finally made one that really broke out. Uh, what was it? It was a it was a um, film with Glenn Keane, who is the Disney animator, the famous Disney animator. He drew The Little Mermaid and The Beast and Tarzan, and we put Glenn into a HTC Vive headset and gave him Tilt Brush, and Tilt Brush wasn't out yet. Uh, it, in fact, I'm not even sure Google had bought it at that point. Maybe they had just bought it. Um, and this is and this. Can you, I, forgive me. For those, yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know what Tilt Brush is. Is a, a drawing tool that allows you to draw in virtual reality in three dimensions. Got you. Okay. So you, you're in VR, you're in a black room, basically, or space, and you can draw anything three dimensionally in that space. Oh, wow. And so here we have a man who, who had grown up and was one of the great dr people who could draw. Uh, his father w was the gentleman who drew Family Circle, the cartoon. And Glenn literally draws with a pencil. And we have him there at his drawing board and talking about the craft and bringing characters to life through, through the, the line on the, on the blank page. And how he'd always had this desire to be able to step into the page. That these characters were alive for him. And you see him drawing and flipping through the pages like an animator does of, of sheets of paper. And then he puts this thing on. And now we see him 
moving like he's doing dance, modern dance. And then you see what he's seeing inside his headset. And you see him drawing the Little Mermaid. And she's three-dimensional. And he's so excited to be in there with her. And it was a moving, beautiful piece. And it went 2,000 people, I'm sorry, 2 million people saw it in a weekend. (laughs) This thing went viral and went out there. And people were saying, this is the best video we've ever seen about VR. And that was a big opening moment for us because we produced that. It was for Foss. He actually then came and performed a story live in Tiltbrush on our stage, which again was a was an like unforgettable moment for our audience. When, when he was done, he had drawn this story of a little girl, and he was he was telling the story and drawing it in real time, accompanied by this beautiful music. And at the end of the story, he's facing the audience, and you were seeing what he was drawing on the big screen behind him. And he just does this 360 as he's standing there on stage. And on the screen, you see the entire story floating in space all around him. And there was a gasp in the audience. <laughs> anyway, so that was a, that, Glenn Keane and figuring out how to take a new technology and help people to understand it in an emotional way that made them, like, people just shared this video with everyone they knew. That was a big breakthrough moment for us. Right, and and that influenced programming moving forward in terms of how you would. Wow, that's really really cool. And I think that's a big part of our mission now. It's it's like we have to find the new tech, and show how people are going to use it in a way that's meaningful. A lot of conferences or or trade shows, like all these shiny objects. Well, what are you going to do with this? Like you're, that's not enough. Like people can't connect to to code or to an object. You need to help them understand what can be done with it. And that's why storytelling's so important. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a really cool story. Well, okay. What about what about um, if you went back to day, to day one of creating this? What would you have done differently? I think I might have looked for certain kinds of partners early on that could have helped me uh, up my learning curve faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, because I'm an entrepreneur, I started my own business. I'm, I think I'm sometimes too self-reliant <laughs> and too willing to, to do it the hard way. And I think that there's a tremendous amount of, um, uh, knowledge out there that from people who have experience that, that could help, uh, help save me some of the bumps and bruises. Uh, and certainly it's one of the things I'm learning now is to trust the community more, to ask for help more, to, to be open to more collaborations. We had a gathering uh, about the future of FOSS where we asked people from our community to come together. And it was beautiful. Um, and then they all had ideas for things we should do or uh, ways to go. FOSS defines storytelling so broadly. Mm. We're covering so many disciplines. We're looking at all those advertising areas and all of the nonprofit areas, cause storytelling for good and and art and uh, all the traditional forms, and and then looking at areas like neuroscience and psychology to understand why and how story works, and uh, or scientists looking at the relationship between your senses and all of the senses that we don't know beyond the five, and like just such a broad look at at storytelling and cu- human communication really uh, it's very hard to have that range of expertise in a small team so so pull it in pull it in <laughs> ask for help so then what in that very 
broad spectrum and potential that could be the future for FOST? What lies ahead? What, if we were to look into the future in five years' time, what would we see? One of the lessons that I've learned as I've gone through FOST is to play to who you are, to really understand your strengths and double down on those. And so uh, if I were to answer the question, what are our greatest strengths? I think it's first our ability to convene a community, an extraordinary group of people. Second, it's our ability to curate, to pull together and see the disparate um, connections or, or breadcrumbs and, and pull them all to one place. Um, and then it's, it's to be able to think outside the box and to not, not do things the way they've always been done just because that's the way people always do them. So to be open to being um, creative and innovative at every step, um, which Ultimately, all three of those come together to just trying to create something that we would love to go to, that we would love to be part of, and and that's pulled together with a kind of integrity between all the elements. Um, so that said, we're going to lean more into, into building that community, and we're going to lean more into those amazing experiences that we can curate for people, uh, things that make them have different understand the world in different ways and find their next collaborator partner we even have a marriage that's come out of FOSS like uh you know to try to to try to help foster that community and continue to do great curation in unique and different ways and provide unique experiences so for you is inspiration all about new experiences i get the most inspiration definitely from experiences right i would say experiences and long-form reading Right. Like those are the two. Well, and talking to people, <laughs> but maybe that's experience. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I guess I was just asking because for some people, it's about you know getting away, freeing their mind, being released from distraction and <clears throat> and things that kind of pull them in. And I was just curious whether it was a, a balance of that, or for you, it's really about leaning into something immersive and focusing your energy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's it's um, being in an isolation tank is the place I come up with my best <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's really from from stimulation and um, and what I realize is that all of the world has um, clues. I can find inspiration in unbelievably surprising places, and the range of places that I get to go now is something I just can't believe. I mean the and so. Uh, and and it's so broad. I mean, I can find myself with a whole range on the political spectrum in terms of different types of media experiences, um, different types of interesting creators or celebrities or or uh, executives or um, and and the clues are out there. Like the 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 breadcrumbs are out there in all those places. And what's so fun is to realize like this little clue from this person in a marketing role has something to do with this person who's studying this thing and and this person over here who just built this and and that i'm seeing those patterns and realizing i need to bring that back to the community uh that ultimately it's about that's what i think actually intelligence is in the 21st century it's not about necessarily uh, how many facts you have in your brain. It's about being able to see those connections, see that big picture, recognize um, that wisdom of the crowd, and then aggregate that in a way that can make sense you know, for yourself and for others. Yeah, yeah. What's your process to, to do that? Is it a formalized, like how formalized versus just like you end up in Charlie's world and somehow it goes into a big melting pot and outspurts a fantastic idea? 
Yeah, it's not formalized at all. Yeah. It's it's really um, it's those variety of input. It's which which often are coming from initially from curiosity, you know, from my own interests. Um, I mean, I feel so blessed. I feel a little bit like I'm Willy Wonka, and and come to Faust, you're coming to to the factory. You know? Right. Okay. Uh, and that's and that's really what what it is. I mean. Uh, I mean, not that it's just me. I don't mean it that way. But 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 there's a there's a strong curation. There's a a clear uh, point of view, and there's um, somebody having a lot of fun behind it all. Sounds like a fun place to be. I think it is. <laughs> Thank you, Holly. That was great. Now, you can really feel the passion Charlie has for the power of storytelling. What stood out to you most about everything he had to share? You just can't help but feeling inspired talking with Charlie. He has such a tenacity for the power of storytelling and reimagining how they're woven through our lives. I really loved hearing him talk about a timeless art form reinvented for our modern world. I think, you know, that's one of the things when we talk about, again, that this whole podcast is about how you get to your best ideas. And often it is not being afraid of something that we know is timeless, that has been around forever and we know touches people, but finding what is an inventive way or new way to bring it to life. This feels like it's a perfect example of that. Honestly, I mean, I never thought of storytelling as being something passive until yeah. I spoke to him. And hearing him talk about how he can lean into stories and imagine them in a new way, was it was really cool. That's great. Uh, so the FOSS community sounds pretty amazing. How does one apply to attend the next summit? You can apply on the website, futureofstorytelling.org, and you can also sign up to receive their newsletter for information about other year-round events. Great. Thanks, Holly. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Grey Matter. For more from founders, creators, and inventors and how they thought up their ideas, be sure to subscribe to Grey Matter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate, review, and tell your friends. Follow Gray's social pages for more information about Gray and new upcoming podcast episodes. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Gray Matter. Gray Matter is hosted by John Petrulis, produced by Graham Nolan, Christina Torres, and Joey Scarillo. Mixed at Townhouse Studios. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com.